This is an ABC podcast. Okay. I mean, I knew I was going to have to do this at some point. Oh, boy. It's time to have my questions answered by an icon who's made headlines for their fight against fashion. I hope they pick up. Please pick up. Okay, let's take stock of what's led me to make this phone call. Together, we've learned some pretty hectic things about fast fashion. Like the average Australian buys 56 new pieces of clothing every year. More than one a week. It begs so many questions. Like, are we buying way too much? And are socks counted as one item or two? I don't know. Both equally important questions. The one thing experts keep saying we can do is reduce what we buy and reuse what we've already got. So I've decided to track down a thought leader in this field. Australia's sustainable sensei, a groundbreaking trailblazer of the slow fashion movement. Hi, this is Carl Stefanovic speaking. Carl, it's Veronica. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm Veronica Milsom, and on this episode of Threads, I'm going to find the clever ways we can get our fashion fix, our dopamine hit, our wardrobe refresh, without buying new clothes. You'll hear about the hidden wonders of renting amazing outfits. (laughs) It's so much more fun. About the Netflix of fashion and how this idea could solve fast fashion's problems. It doubles profit and it halves the impact on the planet. And why this question is extremely relevant. Have you stayed in a hotel? What about the towel you rubbed all over your naked body? Were you the first one to use that? But back to Australian TV royalty Carl Stefanovic. I got to him on a day he was feeling a little fragile. Day after Logie, so you're very lucky. I know, you're feeling dusty still? Oh, yeah. Generally takes about a week to recover these days. But I wasn't calling to give him my hangover cure. Bacon, egg and cheese with a Barocca? I had a more important reason to call. Because one way to buy less is to wear our things more. Something he knows a bit about. Carl, a bunch of years back you wore the same suit on your TV show for an entire year. Why did you do it? I noticed that it didn't really matter what I wore at the breakfast show. It could have been a Hessian bag or a Bintang singlet. Um, it didn't matter. There were no complaints. No one, no one really cared. What a dream. I would love to show up to work in a Bintang singlet. But apparently that only applies to blokes. Because his co-host at the time, Lisa Wilkinson, constantly faced stiff criticism for her clothes. And one day, Carl says, it all came to a head. She had this shirt on that kind of, or someone said it looked like, can I say this? Because it's a certain design Mm. that looks like a a part of the man's anatomy, the the way that it's cut at the top. Oh, like a big dick. Yes, like that. So I can say that. It looked like a dick. But I never really noticed it for some strange reason. But once you do notice it, you notice it. It would be dubbed the penis jacket. And Carl is correct. Once you see it, oof, you can't unsee it. But then I thought, you know what, how crazy is this woman who's incredibly intelligent, um, who does a terrific job on TV, who is affable and popular, gets pilloried for what she wears. I just thought, oh, how tiresome to be judged for that. Never one to let injustice rest, Carl hatched a plan. So then I thought, right, you know what I'm going to do? I've got this blue suit on now. And I'm just going to wear it for a year and see if anyone notices. And then, do you know what? I got used to wearing it so much. And then some reporter said to me, it's gone even more than a year. 
And I thought, oh my God, it has been more than a year. Um, so wow. it, it became such a habit that it blew up into a big sort of international story because it turns out that a lot of other women around the world in television feel the same way. Yeah. I, it was brave what you did. It would have been more brave to just wear a Hessian sack, frankly. <laughs> it was fine, but but also I wanted to make that point in all seriousness because I, I just, uh, at the time, I just felt, you know, I, I just can't understand. I can't comprehend it. I don't know whether it's other women or, or who's doing the judging, probably, but, but I didn't, you know, I just wanted it to stop. I don't know why, why women are criticised for wearing the same thing. It's just a horrible double standard. It is a double standard. It's a lot easier for men to wear the same thing over and over again. But as soon as Kate Middleton dares wear a dress twice, it's front page news. We should be high-fiving her wearing things more than once. Instead, this sneering attitude to that just sums up this social pressure that makes us feel like we need something new all the time. It's pretty bullshit. Now that I've seen what our endless buying is doing to the planet, just like penis jacket, I can't unsee it. And just like Carl, I need to take action. But you know what? As helpful as Carl is, he's a bloke. I need a member of my tribe to weigh in, someone who's gone through the endless scrutiny. Damn it, I need a woman. When did we stop, you know, buying a beautiful thing that we loved and wearing that over and over and over? Pretty much any time my mates see me at a special occasion, I'll be wearing the same gorgeous dress that I bought in London 12 years ago because I love it. Tamara Di Martina is the queen of secondhand. She's all about getting thrills by reusing, recycling and re-wearing. So she's not afraid to wear the same thing over and over and over again. Whenever I've got an occasion coming up, it's never, oh, occasion equals go to the shop. Occasion equals go back into my wardrobe and see what have I got, how can I put that together differently. Secondhand has never meant to me second best. Tamara hasn't bought anything new for 12 years. I grew up thinking secondhand really was second best. So how did Tamara make the leap? I used to live in London. I worked at a posh auction house called Sotheby's. I think it's a few hundred years old. It's a very old, established auction house. And I had to look really smart every day for work because someone like Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones might come in, but I couldn't afford to. I wasn't being paid very much money to be there. So that's why I started in charity stores and shopping secondhand. And I felt embarrassed back then because I felt, oh, I'm not earning enough money to buy new stuff. So Tamara spent less money but was still able to look professional enough to satisfy the likes of Mick Jagger. (laughs) In a way, you could say she gave him satisfaction at a time when he could apparently get none. But it wasn't until a chance trip to Antarctica that she had a spiritual revelation. You get struck by the incredible beauty of pristine nature. There's no noises. It smells different. It feels like you've left Earth and been deposited somewhere else. So you get these really strong aha moments because you understand or they teach you how we're all so connected. Whatever we do, like in our home, is impacting someone in their home, whether it's down the street or in another country. Once you understand what you're doing does have an impact. You really want to be part of the solutions. When Tamara got back, she had an idea, one that she thought could be a solution to our waste problem. She called it Buy Nothing New Month. It's really easy. The clue is in the title. All you need to do is buy nothing new. 
don't panic, you can still buy the essentials. Yeah, so if booze is essential or chocolate or all your food, your hygiene products, no one's saying don't buy deodorant this month, but with the stuff that are not essential or anything that you need, like whether it's clothes or gifts or any of those things, is it a pair of hiking boots? Go, do I really need this thing? And if I do, can I get it secondhand? And look at the amazing alternatives out there like eBay, Depop, Etsy, all those places, charity stores, community groups where they give their stuff away for free. There is so many options. Tamara's buy nothing new solution to our waste problem quickly became a movement. It's the 12th year of buy nothing new month, which started in Australia in 2010. Millions of people around the world live this as their ongoing lifestyle. It's good for our planet. It's good for our people. It's good for our pockets. So join us. Sure. I mean, I'm always up for an idea that's both good for the planet and for the 26 pockets in my op shop cargo pants. I mean, in theory, this sounds amazing, but I'm tall with like a short torso and a flat bum and finding stuff that fits isn't always easy. What do you have to say about that, Tamara? Hey, this is a podcast so no one can see me, (laughs) but I'm a curvy girl. That's one of the reasons I started shopping in op shops as well and making my own stuff because I've got boobs and bum and hips. I'm not the skinny person that walks in and and buys off the shelf. But what I do is I'll often buy something It might be too small for me. And I'm lucky because I'm a bit nifty with a sewing machine, but I'm not like a dress designer. I'm not amazing, but I can easily buy something. It might be a size too small. And I just put a panel in it to make it bigger. I think we need to think a little bit more creatively. Okay. But if I really can't find what I'm looking for, Say I've got an event and I don't have time to trawl through racks and racks of things. What then? Like, can I buy something new then? You know, if you want to design a dress, as in, you know, you're going to a black tie function or you need a smart suit for a job interview, you can hire that stuff now. She's right. Dress rental places are popping up everywhere now, from legit online stores to small Facebook marketplace operations. It can be a bit expensive and it's not always size inclusive, so it won't work for everyone. But it's a good option for getting a bedazzling frock for the races or a bridesmaid's dress or a cute outfit for a movie premiere where you walk on the red carpet but none of the paparazzi want to take a picture of you or know who you are. Hmm. I've never done dress rental, but there's a first time for everything. Cut to me at the store. So I'm at a higher place in my neighbourhood and there are just aisles of sequin-covered clothes everywhere. This is like heaven. Um, So I need a spangly jacket for a one-time occasion. Okay, we have a lot of spangly jackets. Ali is the fresh-faced, wonderfully fashionable store owner who loves neon signs and bold print boleros. I was really admiring how cool she was. Yeah, until she let slip the gig she'd recently worn one of the jackets to. I wore it to a Hanson concert. (laughs) 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 It was about, like, five years ago. They're an amazing live act. Ali says for the first few years of business, she had to convince people rental was a thing. Now, she says, people just Google her and come running. Like me. What's like the thing that has been rented the most amount of times? Oh, it's a black jersey, long dress. It photographs very well, so I think that's a big part of its success, yeah. Huh, that's interesting. One criticism I hear about like um, dress rentals is that that people say it's expensive and you should just um, buy one for that cost. Um, I used to hear that a lot in the early days because 
for some people it is cheaper to buy and that's not our audience. Our audience is people who are too busy to go and find things. So this is the thing. I never considered it, but having started this podcast, now people kept saying, you got to rent dresses. This yeah. is the way of the future. I've come in here. I'm in love with everything. <laughs> it's so much more fun because you're not responsible for cleaning it. You don't have to worry about whether you'll ever wear it again. You don't have, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of voices in my head when I'm shopping about like you know, do you really need this? All those kind of boring things. But um, here, that doesn't matter because you're only shopping for one particular event and then you're going to give it back and let someone else wear it. I think I'm going to get the um, most common one as a common person. (laughs) Our greatest hit dress. Maybe I'll find more than one occasion to wear it. People do that and I love it. (laughs) I also look forward to just feeling the experience of, you know, other people have had fun in this dress. Yeah. I definitely think of the dresses as people, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, she's going out again. (laughs) (laughs) I did it. I hired a dress and it felt like a smart, progressive thing to do. Buying a dress to wear once at a wedding seems so unnecessary. Let's just share. But could renting clothes go even further? Could it one day be possible to rent my entire wardrobe? As in, I wouldn't even need a wardrobe because there'd be nothing to put in it. Could we become post-wardrobe? It turns out someone's already tried this. It's our favourite fancy pants systems engineer from Cambridge, Steve Evans. You might remember him from the last episode. He's a smart guy who's asked the question, what happens if we rent all our clothes? We were studying this with a leading retail brand. And we spent time in the lives of fast fashionistas, as they're called. So these are people who would go out on Saturday with their friends and they would say to their friends, oh, I'm not going to buy much. And then when they get to town, they say, look what I've got. It's a bargain. So what we found was people on average spent over £50 every week on clothing. They would typically buy a major item and a couple of accessories the major item would be worn once. You know, you can't wear it out again because you've already been seen wearing it out. You can't give it to your friends because they've been seen with you when you were wearing it out. So you're buying it to be worn once. It's not an accident. That's what it's bought for. They're just people trying to enjoy their lives. How can we help them enjoy their lives? So here's the experiment that we ran. Steve rounded up his fashionistas and said, you can pay a monthly subscription fee and get to take home 20 items from this particular store. It can be any 20 items and you can swap them as much as you want. It's like Netflix for your wardrobe. It can be any 20 items. You can go back, you can bring back 19 and swap them for 19 at no extra cost. You've already paid your monthly fee. The monthly fee, let's say, is £100. So instead of spending £50 a week, you're now spending £100 a month. We've halved the cost. Sounds sweet to me, but it had its doubters. Now, there's a lot of talk of, you know, Nobody's going to buy that. I mean, who'd want to wear stuff that somebody else has worn? We call that the yuck hypothesis. Ooh, very technical, Steve. Tell me more. We did 1,907 rentals. One person complained about the cleanliness. And because we have the hard data, we know that that was actually fresh out the box. That one, that was a production stain, not a cleaning stain. So actually... People hypothesise about yuck, but it doesn't happen for real. Then other people would hypothesise, 
we're going to lose our money <laughs> because they're going to take out the most expensive things in the store really quickly. So we ran a whole bunch of experiments. And yes, there were people who on week one only took out cashmere and leather. But within three weeks, they're back to their normal buying because that's what they normally buy. That's what they want. Yes, they want access to one or two high-value items because it comes at the same price. But actually, they didn't load their wardrobes with cashmere and leather and destroy the business model. So did it work? Well, the answer depends on how you define success. So the really interesting question then becomes, what does that do for profit and what does that do for the planet? If you keep that fibre going round and round in the system, earning a bit of money and it's used 20 times, well, it doubles profit and it halves the impact on the planet. Okay, so let me get this straight. A brand running a closed subscription service means double the profit half the impact on the planet, and happy customers getting new items as much as they want for half the price they normally spend. Um, Steve, did you just solve the problem with fast fashion? We think we did. We think we've got the data that says this is a solvable problem. And what you're seeing now, that was an experiment a long time ago. Why didn't companies take up that experiment? Well, if you think through this I've just destroyed the turnover of the company. I may have doubled the profit, but I've halved the turnover. And if you're the CEO, that's a really big decision. And I think that that's one of the big tensions in this particular model. I can double your profit, but I'm halving your turnover. Would you volunteer for that? I mean, yes, sir, I would. If only I were a high-flying fat cat business lady and not a bottom-feeding lowly podcast host. Hmm. This seems like such a non-problem. Why does the amount of product matter to CEOs if they're still making bank? What the hell, CEOs? Steve says it's because they're all about growth. You know, we, we talk about growth, but are people talking about growth in dividend or growth in profit or just growth in size? And we've got a bit obsessed by growth in size, as if the growth in profit will naturally follow. Whereas if you focused on growth in profit and growth on the well-being of your customers, you could actually have a great model. But there's just one problem I've got, a yuck hypothesis of my own. I don't know if I can wear clothes that have been worn by heaps of other people. Like it's hot in Australia, people get sweaty, I'm sweaty right now. What would the queen of buy nothing new say? That is the best question you could have asked. Oh, Tamara, of course you've thought this through. You really are thorough. Have you stayed in a hotel? Uh, yes. And the sheets that you slept in, were they new? No. What about the towel you rubbed all over your naked body? Were you the first one to use that? (laughs) No. Exactly. When you go to a restaurant and you drink from the glasses and eat from the cutlery, are you the first person to use those things? No. We move into houses that other people have lived in. We buy cars other people have driven around in. You know, we do it in so many ways. All right, you've convinced me. I've definitely been known to parade nude in hotel rooms wearing their delightful fluffy robes. If I feel comfy doing that, I should be okay with renting a pair of pants worn by dozens of people. So we've seen a way we can live completely secondhand and a rental model that doesn't break our bank and could save the planet. 
But our Buy Nothing New Guru has one more way we can keep our fashion fresh. And it's free. You can swap it with your friends. You can connect with your mates or with your neighbours. Have a swap party. People do these. You invite five friends over. Everyone brings five things they don't use anymore. It could be that gorgeous dress that doesn't fit you. Get the stuff out of your house. Get it into someone else's hands. Clothing swap. That's great. It's kind of like a book club for fashion. Oh, book club. (laughs) I wonder if my book club would want to swap. Well, there's only one way to find out. So this is a bit weird, isn't it? Unprecedented. We've never done this before. I've done it before with other friends, just not you. Oh. You weren't invited to the last close up (laughs) room. Well, I might not have been invited to the last one, but not every swap is the event of the year. Many of my clothes swaps just grew, they're not particularly like formal or organised, it just grew out of the fact that like every time I would clean out my wardrobe before I would send them to Vinnie's or whatever, I would take them to like my friend's house or like my sister's house to just be like rifle through these before I give them away. And then sometimes that just became bigger, like you'd just invite a couple of friends to like come and scrounge through it or whatever. It turns out clothes swaps might be one of the best ways to get fresh clothes. And apparently, seeing people wearing your cast-offs doesn't make you judge them. It may actually bring you joy. If I see you wearing it, I'm like, great. I'll be so happy. It's just like, let this clothing live in the world a little longer until it goes to landfill. Like, it's only a good thing. Okay, I think I'm getting the hang of this. But at the risk of harshing the buzz of this vibe, I need to know what the rules are. I operate very well with rules. I think you need to come to a clothes swap um, not expecting to get anything and also just willing to give away everything that you bring. So the rule is you come, you put it all on the table, the couch, whatever, and then it's like released from your possession and anybody can take it. And you might not find anything, but that's the, you know, that's the game. It's like going to a blue light disco or something. Like you go to arrive not expecting you're going to get anything, but if you do, it's a real bonus. <laughs> okay, so let's do the big reveal of what's in our bag. All right, who's going What? Is there a thing where you have to go, what's in your bag? <laughs> to Colty? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I've got a pair of, okay, so these um, are white um, cookie shorts. Got a little belt, high-waisted. Like Benno brand, why are you getting rid of them? Um, just don't fit me right any mm. longer. Ooh. And, um, just an old pair of jeans. And that's all I've got this time around, sorry. Oh, I love those jeans. Hmm. I'll take them. Whoa, success already. This might be my moment to bring out my showstopper. I also have a pair of jeans, but they're kind of a weird one. So stick with me on this. So, um, they are reversible. (laughs) So see how they're flowery pink at the front? You can actually turn them inside out. Hang on. Um, And they are purple. Okay. Where did you get them? I went on holidays um, to Far North Queensland and apparently the Queenslanders are into them. Okay, so crickets on the reversible denim number. Do we just grab whatever we want to try on first or do we all just take one thing, our top thing, and go and try it on? Um, yes. Uh, and I've got dibs on the skirt from Jazz. Okay. I'm going to try on those jeans. The reverse ones? No, yours. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Okay. The clothes swap was awesome. 
I left with a Gorman skirt, but no takers on my reversible jeans. Fine. I'm not giving up on them. Maybe they're a future trend. Maybe I'm starting a trend. You heard it here first. Reversible jeans. Well, we have been on a journey. We've found new ways to wear old things. We've swapped our way into a new wardrobe. But I can't help but feel like I'm just one person. The problem is so big. And any impact I make doesn't feel like it's going to change things. I said that to Tamara, and she respectfully disagrees. My words, not hers. She didn't say respectfully, but I felt like it was implied. Try not to get overwhelmed by the massive scale of the problem. It's there, we know it's there. And feel empowered that everything you do, it does make a difference. It it doesn't necessarily feel like it. But remembering things like, you know, it's only one straw said 8 billion people. You think it's just one little straw, but if everyone does that, whoa, that's a lot of straws. I mean, yeah, it's so true. Small changes multiplied add up. So can you just do one thing? Rent something for that big event, hit the op shops once in a while, run a clothes swap with your book club, Try unsuccessfully to palm off a pair of very cool reversible jeans. Or just wear what you have more. And when temptation strikes, remember, you can always ring Veronica's Don't Buy That Hotline. Like this guy. Um, so I wanted a white hat and I followed your advice. Yeah, I don't want a white hat anymore. And Jackie. Yes, this is amazing. I have to share this number with all of my friends. Yes, thank you so much. And this wonderful human. Oh, thank you so much. I feel so much better, but I still have the urge to buy everything in beige. Everyone's wearing beige. Beige pants, beige shirts, beige puffer desk. I just did a beige outfit. And Brooke from episode one. I have bad news. I've been on a bit of a spending spree. I should probably stop buying stuff soon, though. Okay, I've got to go. The DHL man's here. Oh, shit, that's kind of not the point of the hotline, but uh, okay. And what about Amy? Our Amy. Firstly, you nailed that little message. It was like you were the inner voice inside my head when I'm shopping. Just ringing to let you know that I haven't bought anything. I've been so good. Um, But yeah, absolutely, we'll be using this hotline a lot. Call 1-800-865-000. Veronica's Don't Buy It hotline. Whatever it is, find your way to make a difference. And whatever you do, the only thing that matters now is that you try hard is that you're a try hard like me when you're trying you can't fail just keep trying and no one's perfect but we don't need a few of us doing it perfectly we need all of us doing it imperfectly next week on threads we shake up the system and take this problem right to the top we actually don't have a waste management system in Australia. Uh, I can tell you politically, when you, when you do that kind of thing, you often get whacked. Waste legend Craig Rucastle, he's going to help. So you want to do a stunt, OK. I want to do a stunt. And I publicly humiliate myself in the name of fashion. Do you think I look crazy? No, we're all crazy. Hear it in the ABC Listen app. Hey, by the way, if you're interested in hearing more from Professor Steve Evans from Cambridge University, we've put his extended interview on the ABC Listen app. It's called The Man Who Could Fix Fast Fashion. Hear it only on the ABC Listen app. Hi, everyone. I'm Naz. Hi, Naz. Uh, Last month I spent $65 on subscription services and I only watched one show. 
my own. Oh. And uh, this month I spent $85 on beauty products for my hair and skin and I didn't even get to show it off to anyone because I spent the entire month on the couch watching my own show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Feels. Fair enough. Been there. Hi, I'm Nazim Hussain, and in 2021, I presented a series of The Pineapple Project all about being frugal, and I learned a lot. But I've realised since that there are huge areas of my life that we didn't get to cover, and it's showing up on my bank statement, big time. I need help. Quick. And by the sounds of it, you do too. So, this season of The Pineapple Project, we're getting even more frugal. So let's tweak our streaming subscriptions. Budget out our beauty regimens. Date without debt. And heaps more. New Pineapple Project. Find us on the ABC Listen app or wherever you pod.